Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Raven. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined as always. Lukewarm Luke Owen, the money in the jam, the winner. The, uh, the, the jam in the jar winner, I think you'll find. Thank you very much. Yes, hello, uh, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? So excited. I had such a great time with you all watching Money in the Bank. It was so much fun. Oh. Man. Crazy stuff happened in it. Wow. But what I mean, what I'm most excited about is what you're going to announce to the SWAF Nation right now. What am I about to announce to the SWAF Nation right now? Well, you you won the men's yeah. money in the bank match, and I, I won the women's money in the bank match. And what you're now going to say is because we're best friends again, we're we're the jam. What I can't remember what we called ourselves. You're going to say, let's cash it in together and we can become the champion together. So uh, to, to peel back the curtain somewhat, folks, uh, when we were deciding the jam in the jar rules, I made the suggestion first off, well, we'll just have two jam in the jars. We'll have one for <sighs> the women's, we'll have one for the men's and we'll just have two jam in the jar holders. And Ollie said, no, that's too many. Just do it for the second match. No, Which I said why. do it for the women's. I said do it for the women's. No, it's the more important the, of the two. You said do it for the second match. Oh, actually, no, you did say do it for the women's. And then we decided we would just do it for the second match because we thought the women's would be the second one because we thought the men's would open. And... No, no, I'm, I'm being glib. I said the men's because the <laughs> women's has not been built up that well. There's not yeah. as exciting people in it. And everyone was like, Ollie, you so sexist. So, well, it's not unpopular to say WWE don't treat their women that well at the moment. Long story short, we decided we would just do the second match, whichever match that would end up being. Mm. However, Ollie had the winner of the women's. He had Nikki A.S.H. And so he came into the meeting this morning and be like, cool, so I get jam in the jar as well, right? I, I still get to win, yeah? Well, well, that's what would Silver Bro do? Silver Bro would actually <laughs> give it to me. 
Silverbro Silver would, would honestly, be like Silverbro would have handed it right yours. over. Mm. Like it wouldn't have been a moment's hesitation. Silverbro would have just like uh, walking back, walk backstage and handed it over to you. So that's what you know. I'm not saying Lou Cohen is Silverbro or I'm Golden Joe. So that's why we should share it. Well, I'll, I'll well, ruminate what a, be- a, what a beautiful bit. story after that massive falling out after last year's SummerSlam where, you know, you kind of kind of fired you and stuff. Now we can be the champion together. The two that created this. <laughs> the creators of the championship form mm. like Voltron. We'll split it in half. And we'll have like a half each like Laycool used to do. You all right? Sorry, one problem of having your phone connected to your earphones is that it will just start ringing. Airplane mode. Take that phone. Good work. Uh, I mean, we can't even edit this now because we post the video version. No, onto, no, it's uh, the thing. The, the, for the Membergs. Um, how was your... I mean, obviously, you were there for Jam in the Jar. You were there for Money mm. in the Bank. We saw you on the street. Flew in doing for it. Re- Oh, all the reactions, just like, you know, managing to every now and again to sort of cut in and out with some thoughts and stuff. Um, but uh, how was your weekend at the spa? Well, it wasn't a spa, really. What it was is a place just north of London. So it, I didn't actually, it, took, it worked out cheaper to get a cab from my house to this place than it would be to go into London, get a train up and have to get a cab at the other end. So that's how sort of close it was as the crow flies. But it's not a spa. It's a community. Oh, Ollie, were you going to like drink some Kool-Aid and stuff? No, but I think if this was this place was allowed to reach its logical conclusion, people are going to be sacrificing smartphones to Moldock the owl god. Oh, wow. Did you, um, were there like, was it like a naked hippie commune? Is that where you ended up? No, no, not you at all. Did you put your keys was, in a bowl? No, it, it, was a, it was a painfully trendy hotel that didn't know what it was, but it had just opened. So it's still trying to figure out. So we made little coasters out of this strange, malleable, marble-like substance. We could have also have done a sound bath. Yoga, meditation, hold paint on, a plate, on, hold on, go on hold a on, walk hold on, round. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What the hell's a sound bath? You not heard of a sound bath? Of course, I've heard of a sound bath. Oh, you, what are you talking about? Get have in twenty twenty one, Luke. Have you ever oh heard of a God. sound bath? Have you ever yogurt? <laughs> sound bath sounds like the band I would have been into in the late nineties. Um, so you've not you've not ever yogurt. Because this is something I, that happens at the end of a yoga sometimes. What, so what I have found recently with when it comes to like meditation and, and stuff like that is I'm really bad at meditation. And even when I used to do yoga, like I used to do DDPY and I used to do like yoga and, and stuff like that when I, at my old jobs because they would have like you know free classes that you can go to and stuff like that. When it came to the and now we're just gonna lie perfectly still and we're just gonna empty our minds, my mind doesn't empty. Well, my mind instead goes, am I doing it right? Have I emptied my mind? How do you empty your mind? What do, we, what do you mean? Now I'm focused on my breathing, right? Really focus on your breathing. Are you focused? Are you doing the breathing right? Are you actually focusing on your breathing? Oh, I do need to send that email. What I need to do tomorrow is I need to edit that podcast. And then I just spiral. 
before I realized I've not actually done any form of meditation or anything like that whatsoever. Cause they're like, and now you're awake. That is the problem. Um, crazy thing though. It requires practice and hard work and you're not going to get there, buddy. If you just stop after your once every three months, two minute <laughs> meditation after a yoga session. But this also sounds like you. So you went to a meditation thing recently with Adam, mm -hmm. Andy, and Pete, where you had to like take take her groceries essentially. So she was like, you had to take like fruit to <laughs> sacrifice to a god or something. And then she was like, also if you could bring me four pints of semi skimmed milk, uh, a pack of quavers, and some couscous, that'd be really great. I am not at liberty to discuss <laughs> what the ma the Maharishi needs. It works in mysterious ways, the Maharishi. If he wants a pack of kiwis from Sainsbury's, I will give those to the painting of the Maharishi in order to become a better meditator. Did it work? Yeah, it, it's it's I'm I'm a, I'm I'm a new human being now, obviously. Look, but the sound bath okay, so at the end, bath. you're lying there, you're lying there, and you know those sort of thoughts that you've got. My lady partner gets those too. It's very common. I used to have them as well until I became better than everybody else. <laughs> and they, what they do is they hit a sort. It's a gong. It's a couple of gongs, or sometimes a bowl. You know, like a bowl with what looks like a, mm -hmm. a pestle. Yeah, yeah, because like, really, like, kind of like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's an hour of that. An hour, an hour. What? And you're just laying there for the entire hour. Went very quickly. My legs went dead. Uh, and you know, you get a little blanket. You've got a nice eye mask that's weighted. Well, it was very, very relaxing until she started singing. And I said afterwards. <laughs> That took me out of it. And my lady partner was like, what are you talking about? That like made me, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Urgh. It's kind of like a, a, a sort of MDMA without the MDMA high. And I was like, mm. but she was just going, Afterwards, oh my God, this was the worst bit though, because I'm, 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 I'm up for trying anything, folks, but I don't like to really do the mumbo jumbo bits. And we had to go round the class afterwards and in one word, say what we were thankful for from this hour. Oh, no. What did you say? Well, she said, you are you are more than welcome to not answer. But everyone else answered. And I'm in the middle of the class. So by the time she gets to me, people have said calm <clears throat> and breath and all the easier, and some freaking guy at the start, this old guy went, my childhood. And the, the teacher nearly burst into tears. She was like, thank you. Oh my God. So I don't know. I just, I, I can't even remember what I said, but because I was so, I was concentrating so much and it's coming to me, it's coming to me. You know, those thoughts that you had when you had <laughs> yeah. to be still, I get that yeah. in social situations. I would have much preferred to have been alone. I do you know. What? I, I wish I was a bit because I I quite like all of it. I like the idea of meditation. I like the idea of being able to empty your mind. I'm just really bad at it. So I, yeah. I would say that I I am not sniffy at the idea of your trendy hippie commune that you went to, where you know tits roam freely. I uh, oh, I, 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 <laughs> I think I, I'm I'm I think it's probably a grand old time. I just I'm just real bad at it. And we, we're trying at the moment, we've been like trying for the last few months, like when we go to bed to try and like 
calm ourselves down from the day so we would play like this sort of breathing thing that like we've got the sort of audio thing of like tells you to focus on your breath and all this sort of stuff every single time my mind wanders to what you're doing tomorrow mm. i need to i need to write up that i've got to get up and watch raw in the morning got to make my notes for that uh, i've got to edit an episode of ucp <clears throat> got to get my notes ready for another episode of ucp when are we doing the next blood on the clock tower all of that stuff rattles through my mind so i just I, i'm just no good at it well the best way, and I know we have to move on to the show, but I'll just leave you with this. That's meant to happen. So if you, what's happening there is the distraction. Like the purpose of meditation isn't to have a still mind the entire time, because that's impossible unless you're like an 80-year-old monk who's been doing all their life. The purpose is to get distracted. Thoughts will pop into your head. There's nothing you can do about it. The practice the arm curl rep is going, ah, I was thinking about something else. Return to the breath. And every time you return to the breath, even if it's just a second, and then you start thinking about something else, that's the rep. That's the arm curl. And over time, you'll get better at that. It'll become more frequent and longer. And now like I would like to invite you to join me in <laughs> a loving, guided meditation. Can you feel I, a warmth in your heart? Why doesn't anyone do this as a... I guess uh, Matt Seidel used to do this as a impact gimmick with the third yeah. eye thing. The third eye thing they used to do, yeah. I remember when my brother used to, at university when he was in Sweden, uh, he was part of basically a hippie commune, like his area of university. And we went there for his birthday once, and there were two people there, massively into that hippie stuff, who were doing contact dancing, which is where Ooh. you dance... Which is where you, dance you rugby together. tackle them. <laughs> That's <laughs> where you dance together, but you're constantly your bodies have to be touching at all times. Gross. So like you're so you are dancing together and you're sort of moving around, but you <clears> have to be like connected at all times through some element of your body. That's that's carnival. I've seen that in Notting Hill. Everyone yeah, I mean, just bumping and grinding on each other. I think I'd have been Public real bad at it. I'd have been like that too gross. focused on getting it wrong. Anyway, uh, speaking I'm of Louis getting Theroux. it wrong. I'm Louis Theroux. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm like Mark Corrigan in all yeah. of those situations. Um, you know that uh, the sketch that he used to do uh, with Mitchell and Webb when he gets handed a baby and he's got to like talk to him. He's like, oh, I don't. I'm just so embarrassed. I can't do the baby <laughs> talk. You're watching me do it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> speaking of getting it wrong, here's Raw. Is something good or is it just different? It's a question we struggle with a lot here at WrestleTalk sometimes because we're presented with the same show very often in Monday Night Raw. And sometimes something happens that breaks that pattern. And you're like, oh my God, that's exciting because that wasn't something we'd seen over and over again for the last six months. But then you think, wait a second. But was it actually good? Luke, was it actually good? Was Monday Night Raw with fans actually good? I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Lukewarm Luke Owen. I'm going to put this right up front. I didn't think it was. I thought this was, overall, a bad show. What say you? Uh, well, yeah, this was, uh, I was... I've been saying for months now 
WWE are just holding off. They're just spinning their wheels because they're waiting for fans to come back. That's why Raw's rubbish at the moment. That's why SmackDown's boring. It's because they're just waiting for July 18th for those fans to come back. And then they can do all of the cool, exciting things that they've been wanting to do, you know, for the last 18 months or whatever it is. And then Friday night show happened on SmackDown and everyone was like, yeah, what a fun show it was because there were lots of like a Bala return and a booba and a dee and a diddly dee and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, it was like quite an exciting show because fans were there. Then we got Money in the Bank, which was an excellent, excellent, excellent show. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think we were all like, brilliant. This is it now. This is the one. And then I would tune in to watch Raw today. And at the end of it, my wife said to me, how was the show? And I said, it was the same show as last week. Only John Cena was there to pop a rating. And we got a new champion at the end of it. But broadly, it was the exact same show we've had for the last six months. See, I disagree with that quite fundamentally, because that so much happened on this show. So much stuff. John Cena was there. Keith Lee came back. Carrion Cross made his main roster debut. There was a Money in the Bank cash-in and title change. There were other things, weren't there, that I'm even forgetting. Right, okay. And I, I hear all of that, Davis. But what you're also saying is that someone came back Goldberg. and was made to look ru- Someone was made to come back and made to look rubbish. A legend got put over younger talent. Um, a, an NXT debut happened and it was crap. A Money in the Bank cash-in happened, which happens every year. Like this is, it's the same show. It, skeletonly, it's the same show. Only there's with more bells and whistles here because they like this. You can't do this show every week. You can't do these five things every week because there's only so many times you can debut someone. There's only so many times you can do returns and things like that. But fundamentally, all of the problems we've had with Raw since the start of this year were ever present in this show. Ergo, it's the same show, just with slightly more bells and whistles. I mean, it's okay. You, when you said the same show, because we've said the same show a lot in regards to SmackDown and Raw for the last couple of months, usually that's it's the same matches over and over again. And we did get a lot of the same matches. You know, we've seen the Viking Raiders are getting another tag team title shot, it seems like. We got Umberto Carrillo versus Sheamus yet again. We got Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, which has been done to death the night after we'd already seen it in a sort of Money in the Bank rematch. I thought you meant that kind of we've seen this no. again. Because I I, no. I, I, I don't think, I, I think it's more like these are, these are problems within WWE's DNA. Main roster call-ups are never fulfilled on their potential. Money in the bank cash-ins also never really fulfilled up on their potential. Happy for Nikki, but, you know, I think one of the larger reactions has been, yay, Nikki's great, but also everyone, all the women cash in within 24 hours. So yeah, sort of, they don't hold. We want something they don't hold on for very long. And like me and Adam were saying on the review yesterday, that like Nikki Ash. Uh, just to correct you, she's not Nikki Ash. Uh, she is Nikki Ash. Um, we actually got told she that rolls off the tongue. Oh well, I know we got told that by Demo on Friday before it actually became <laughs> WWE canon. Uh, mm. Tune into that show for more exclusive things like that. Um, but no, like it's. I forgot the point I was going to make now. Yeah, no, me and Adam were saying on the on the the Money in the Bank review is that like Nikki Ash was the perfect person to have the money in the bank because her gimmick is she's not sure if she's ready to be a superhero so she could have the money in the bank contract to be i'm not sure i'm ready to cash this in i'm Mm. I'm almost a superhero i'm almost a champion i'm not ready yet but no she just cashed in and won so uh, and the reason she did that is because fans were there and they were looking to pop them at the end of the show 
and that's kind of the other big problem with this show is that you can't do this every week you can't have this show all the time so like next week's show is just going to be more of the same mm-hmm. but you, look my, my problem with this though isn't they are doing the same stuff it's that the decisions were bad I think those are two different. Yeah, okay, okay, but the decisions are always bad, so therefore it's yes, always yeah. the same. We're, we're, we're going to argue round in circles then, <laughs> if this is the the philosophical debate we're going to have. But let's let's focus on what is. Oh, I should also say, please subscribe to the Wrestle Talk podcast channel if you're tuning in for the first time because you thought, "Hey, I'll give Raw a go after Money in the Bank." Oh, I hated it. We're here to show. Oh, Davis. Oh, that's unlike you. That's unlike you to drop a swear six minutes into the show. (laughs) What has it done to me? The WWE product. Did the whole word come out or was it just shh? It, I did mean, I, I'm, did probably, I catch I'm that? probably gonna have to. I'm probably gonna have to do an, an, an edit job in this in the <gasps> podcast version. It's oh, like having no. Denise on the show. Like oh, it was bad no. enough having like Stephen Larson. Like you know, Larson dropped a couple, and then I had EC3 on, and he dropped a couple as well. It's happening oh, to the world. God. What have I done? <laughs> Oh my god! Please subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> also, get in your ultra chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five dollars. Um, yeah. So in the good camp, fans like that. that this is the first raw. Of course, we had at SmackDown pay per view, but this is the first Monday Night Raw with fans since last March. I think WWE rested too much on that fact, but unequivocally, a very good thing. Very interesting to see how they reacted to certain people. Karrion Cross got no reaction. But, you know, that's what they're there for. They were up for a good time. They didn't go into business for their themselves. Well done, fans. And the other thing is that, like, the sort of Rhea Ripley-Charlotte in-ring action, although I was done with the feud, uh, you know, months ago, was very good at Money in the Bank. Wasn't as good last night, but was still pretty decent crummy finish but then yeah we got this cash in so i've seen quite a lot of people go well i thought it was a great roar because they were blinded by the nikki ash cash in and then they watched my review and they realized how bad it was and they changed their opinion yeah, which is just it's the way that it's done in the in this day modern age but like you're right like the, the match when they announced that flair versus ripley were having a rematch i was like hey man mm. like it's time to move on and the match was what, like eight minutes, maybe, including the commercial break, and it had a crap finish, and it wasn't as good as last night. It wasn't as good as um, Money in the Bank. So it makes me sort of question, like, well, really, what was the point? Well, the point was so that afterwards, Rhea could attack Charlotte, uh, could attack Charlotte Flair, and Nikki Ash could come in and cash in on uh, and and win the title. And so we ended with, you know, I. I, I it was a bit of a shame that it was kind of rushed by the end, though. Like it felt like they sort of bollocks their keys yeah. a little bit because they were really rushing into like Rhea Ripley beating up Charlotte, <laughs> Nikki could run down and cash in. It was all happening like all at the same time. Nikki basically wins, gets the belt, and it's like, and there's the show ending. This is meant to be the bit where we say the things were good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, well, do you know what? And it was because at the end of it, I was like, awesome. Because I really like mm. Nikki. I really, and I've actually massively warmed to this character as well. And I think that, and I, the reason why I think I've warmed to it so much is because we know it's hers. We know that this is a character that she has come up with, that she was pitching, that she's been working on. And it kind of like, I, I kind of dig it. And I was, 
she was my pick to win Money in the Bank. She's got the title now. There's some interesting stuff you could do after that. I just hope that Rhea Ripley can get something better off the back of this. And it's, you know, Charlotte Flair is another transitional, gets another transitional reign and she can build up towards her 17 win. Um, but, but you know what? It was a good moment. 63 days ago, she was a lumberjack round ringside yes. when she wasn't really supposed, like she was just there. And it felt like she was just there because she was bored in catering and just wanted to do something. She hasn't been used this entire year. She stepped up pitched an idea to Vince, Vince liked it, and now she's the champion. So that is a massive, massive thumbs up. Hard work pays off. I love Nikki as a person and just the way she wrestles. Um, but the character, to be honest, isn't for me. Uh, not really doing anything for me. And I just, it was a good moment. But like I said before, what's different newsworthy isn't actually good though. And I think there was a lot more mileage in charlotte having a long a longer reign potentially building to that becky return you know that i thought one of the best things in the women's division on this show apart from even marie tripping was the fans and that you know that this is how they reacted at money in the bank chanting becky's name at charlotte and charlotte shutting them down i thought that was a really good dynamic um, so obviously yeah. now we're not going to get that with the title. I know who wants to see Charlotte and Becky with the title again. But to them, I say, oh, but that's going to happen. And while Charlotte was a transitional champion here for a day for a cash-in, unfortunately, I would love to get excited about Nikki as a long reign with a big feud against Alexa Bliss, maybe, because they've got previous history. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to go back yeah. to Becky or Charlotte relatively quickly. It says a lot about the Raw Women's Division when Becky was the most over woman on the roster and she wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else good on this? I like John Cena, but again, he was only really there to, to set up a SmackDown thing. Yeah. yeah. He's the new yeah, Hell in a Cell. It was a very cynical use. Of Mr. Cena, not you know, nice and all that. Came out, cut a very good promo, <laughs> dropped a swear, so you know he's he's serious about this feud. But it was, I mean, now should we? I'll talk about my thoughts on the Cena thing when we get into the full review okay. of the show. But it, but it was, you know, a very good opener because he's probably still the best promo in the company. Are you going to say that he should probably dress like an adult now? Was that what you were going to say? <laughs> I mean, his outfits are ridiculous, but they always have been. Like that's mm -hmm. the gimmick now, isn't it? That he has got terrible dress sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I like his suits, his weird, cartoonish Dick Tracy suits. So, and um, I'll also go. You know, to, I'll go to bat for just the first hour of the show because nothing spectacular happened. But at least it was like it felt. It almost felt like a house show. There was nothing bad in that first hour. It was just fun match, symphony of destruction, 24-7 stuff. Meaningless, really. The second hour of the show uh, before the main event was where I thought it got very bad. And these these are the, uh, the highlights. Keith Lee losing on his return in his home state to Bobby Lashley in five minutes to set up a Goldberg return. Uh, we got the Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre thing, which was fine, you know, but I'm not excited about it. No matter how many times uh, Drew McIntyre wails on poor old Shanky with a chair. And the worst of the bunch, Karrion Cross, the current NXT champion, losing to Jeff Hardy, a man who has been beaten by everyone this year in the mid-card or undercard of Raw, 
apart from Cedric Alexander, in two minutes. With a roll-up. And feet on the ropes. What are they it's... What are they trying to do there? I just, there's uh, well, so many okay. things wrong with it. Like, it's not even a good, because he had the feet on the ropes. It's not even a good burial. They can't well, even bury people properly anymore. But here's the thing, Ollie. You're obviously missing the big picture because Karrion Cross cut a promo afterwards saying that he is now mad at Jeff Hardy. He's like Seamus as Sean Ross Sapper, but he is <sighs> mad. So now he's gonna like he's beat up on he's gonna he's beat sad. up on Paul. He looks <laughs> so upset from the moment he walked out, like singing along to his own entrance music, when that's not his role. And then to the promo at the end, Fall and Pray. He looks so so upset. But he, he's now going to beat up Jeff Hardy next week in the rematch because this will be a rematch and he's going to like destroy him and the commentators will go like, oh my God, we've never seen such a decimation of a legend like Jeff Hardy in this company in all of my life watching this show. I've never seen a more dominant performance and destruction of a legend. What He's clearly the next superstar and all of this will just be forgotten and they'll just pretend it never happened. But this kind of thing sticks. This was an absolute burial, not just of Karrion Cross, but NXT as a brand. Karrion Cross has been the most protected guy in NXT. They have hidden him in matches where they've sort of hidden his limitations and accentuated all of his positives, which is He's a bit jacked and he's got good facial expressions. So you put Scarlett around him because she can do the good promos and stuff and make him feel like super uber duper special. Then you put him in there with amazing wrestlers like Bala, Gargano, Champa, all of these lads who can make him look amazing. And they took all of that, put him on the main roster and beat him in two minutes because they don't care. They don't care about NXT. NXT lost to AEW. It's a loser's brand. They don't even refer to it as the third brand anymore. It's a place for losers. They don't care about it. And they're telling your audience that you shouldn't care about it either. And I think in Vince's mind, what he did wasn't bad because no one watches NXT anyway. So who cares? That, it's an interesting point because this ties into the larger speculation. It goes beyond just not caring. One other development in this was WWE are now no longer recognizing Charlotte's NXT win as uh, as counting towards her titles. So she's 12 rather than 11. I don't know. It's all made up. Everything's made up. But they're counting the Divas title. Yeah, not, well, that was know, on the, the main roster. But that's on the main <clears throat> roster, so that counts. So in this in this episode, it, it, the, the, the speculation is that it's not just Vince not caring about NXT. It's not just this place to call up talent. He is actively pissed off with NXT and is intentionally punishing them now. It's not like just sort of disinterested harm. This is intentional harm. And I think in Vince's mind, if that is the case, which it bloody feels like it, because they used to count Charlotte Flair's NXT championship wins as part of her like run. Now they're not counting those at all. I wonder if it's a case of, because it was beaten by NXT, roundly beaten by NXT, you now just disassociate yourself with it. Because if you associate yourself with it, you're associating yourself with a losing brand. And but you're essentially admitting that the thing that you have was beaten by an, another company. So if you just pretend that you don't really have that thing, then you were never beaten by them. 
So like that is like that's it's mental gymnastics, but it could be mental gymnastics that they are performing. So like a few people have made this point. In last weekend, or this week, past weekend, Impact, you know, they've got to deal with Ring of uh, New Japan. They've got to deal with NWA. They're working with MLW now, and, like, they're doing all of this other stuff. Kenny Omega is sort of, like, orchestrating a lot of these deals with all of these companies that are all working under one happy umbrella. WWE can't even work with their own third brands. And, like, that is, that's a massive problem. And I just, they don't, I, I think that he is legit angry that this brand of losers lost out to those people that did not want to work for him. What do you think Triple H feels about this? I mean, surely at this point, Triple H knows, right? Like, surely, I mean, he's only got to look at, I don't know, all of the history that has shown that Vince doesn't like NXT to be like, he can't be surprised by this. This this is different. This is different. Honestly, this is... Triple H did what? You say it's different. When they first brought Charlotte Flair up, when she was NXT Women's Champion, they had her lose on Raw because she got beaten by Natty. And that was like just before she was about to defend that title as well. They think of it as a lesser thing. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, no argument there. I think they've always thought thought of it as a lesser thing. Sure, you've done that little indie that we own. Now you've got to prove yourself, take some losses, do it all over again, have a new character, even though that's what NXT is there for. Now it feels like, I hate you, NXT. (laughs) Well, I'm actively dude. out to destroy you because who is excited now? This was it just boggles my mind. I keep forgetting bits of it. It's the NX, the current NXT champion. When Kevin Owens debuted on the main roster as NXT champion in 2015, he beat John Cena, and it was exciting. That was back in the times when we thought, "Wow, NXT really is like the grassroots peak before they become something big on the main roster." That's the, it's in the name NXT, but now it's like I said in I said in my review, NXT is a great developmental system for AEW, Andrade, Revival, Alistair Black, like these are Ty names. Conti. Ty Conti, yeah, that's that's a, actually one of like the best example, really. Actually, no, it isn't because that that shows that NXT was a bad developmental system. She needed to go <laughs> elsewhere to get better. <laughs> but yeah, just it's. Oh, it's mind-boggling. I've just got the results here. Sorry. So since February, people who have defeated Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, The Miz, Jinder Mahal twice, Mustafa Ali on main event, Jeff, uh, oh, Cedric Alexander lost both his to Jeff Hardy, building them up, of course, for the carrying cross match. John Morrison beat him. Veer beat him, Veer and Shanky, on main event on the 5th of July. So... Yeah, I, I was gonna. That's the other thing I was gonna say. You can also tell that Vince is pissed at, at NXT, right? You can like now. I don't even think you need to have like speculation on this and the other. You can just look at hard evidence to say Vince A doesn't believe in NXT and B Vince doesn't care about it. Because otherwise, why would these smegheads be having tryout matches? Why would mm. these doofuses be having tryout matches when NXT is the tryout match? That's a whole product of tryout matches for the main roster. Now Vince looking to be like, well, clearly you're not doing it right. So come up to my show where I will give, I will see if you are actually ready to be part of the WWE roster. And you can do dark matches and have tryout matches for the main roster. And then I'll see if you're right to put on the show. And like otherwise, he'd have looked at that product. He'd have seen the entrance and be like, well, you need to have Scarlet with you because that really makes the entrance special. Because boy, howdy, without Scarlet Bordeaux, he is a lad. 
He is just a guy. And him losing here in two minutes proved that. And he's now, I mean, you've just got to pretend that this never happened. Otherwise, you can never get invested in that. They'll never mention this on NXT. They won't mention this on Wednesday that he got beaten by Jeff Hardy in two minutes. He could be unhinged. He could be very angry. Or going to beat up a load of people. That you lost? Your whole gimmick is you're undefeated. Oh, I keep I forget about the undefeated. It's like it's it's freaking whack-a-mole. I'm trying to like hit the thing. He's the current NXT champion. And then it's there's this one over here being like, I'm undefeated as well. Do you know it was his birthday yesterday? I know. It was his legit was... birthday. <laughs> so a sign in the crowd that said happy birthday, carrying cross. And I thought, oh, oh that'd be lovely because he's gonna get a main roster debut on his birthday. I thought he would be the he'd be the person to answer the call for Bobby Lashley. Mm. I thought he would be Bobby Lashley's open challenge, and they would have a 15, 20 minute match: WWE champion <sighs> versus NXT champion. Bobby Bobby wins because that's fine. Bobby's the WWE champion, but NXT looks awesome, and Karrion Cross looks awesome in all of that to build his feud with Samoa Joe on NXT. But we got to the Keith Lee thing, and boy howdy, have I got some things to say about that when we get to it. I, yeah, I think we'll talk about that when we get over there because we've got so many ultra chats. I just want to touch on one more thing before we get into them, and that is something that's not playing. Good God Almighty, she's broken in half! Honestly, I wrote in my notes during that Alexis Playground <laughs> segment, oh. Eva Marie is the worst actor on the planet. And that was before she tripped. She is the worst actor on the planet. Vince, but you know, Vince and his, his uh, infinite wisdom has called her up, kind of, again. Yeah. Bring her well, back. Yeah. Well, she's, yeah, she's hot, right? So, like, you can put her on the main <laughs> roster. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of super chats, ultra chats, whatever they're called. Get them all into WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them uh, over $5. Are you going to say four, something there? We've, we've got three pages just on Carrying Cross. Well, let's see what they say. I'll rattle through them. Stephen Guzman, I think I'm done with WWE. Don't even like Carrying Cross, but WWE has firmly said to me that NXT is a joke. NXT is meaningless as long as the main roster ruins these wrestlers with each call up. Why care about Joe versus Cross now? This was damning NXT. And again, also for the love of God, Vince, let Keith Lee be shirtless. I was praying he wasn't wearing that awful shirt. Keith Lee deserves better. Agreed. Nemo Toad. So why should I watch NXT? I'm no Cross fan, but unbeaten, had some great matches with top stars. NXT's death incarnate without his true entrance, Scarlet, and losing to this version of Jeff Hardy. Vince buries NXT without realizing, or does he? <clears throat> a lot of them are sort of like, I don't even like Cross. <laughs> I think that's kind yeah. of the, the center. I'm not even into the guy and I'm angry. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have not been massively into Cross's NXT run because he doesn't feel like an NXT champion. Mm. He feels like a main roster champion. Well, that worked out well. Kevin, last year I stopped watching Raw because WWE didn't care. Today I watched and realized... They still don't care about stories. They care about moments like Keith Lee's hometown pop, Nikki's cash in, Cena return. I think I'll stick to clips and pay-per-views only and wrestle talk. Uh, and again, so is Jeff Hardy, the number one contender for the NXT championship. I'm sure Vince would love to bury the brand even further. It's a joke, Vince. Don't you dare. Kevin has a good the point there. Kevin has a good point there because like we had that Sheamus match, which was like the challengers championship thingy, whatever, their new gimmick that they've got, where if you pin the champion, you get... Opportunity gone. It's what AEW do with their eliminator diddly d. Uh, if you pin the champion, you get a title shot. So in theory, this should have been Jeff Hardy should get an NXT title match now. Uh, Nate S. Oh no, we just had that. No, yeah, Nate S. Decided to watch Raw for the first time in months, thinking that this is when they change. Crowds are back, big returns, great build to SummerSlam. Nope, seemed like the same Raw I've been hearing about. Wanted to turn it off multiple times and won't be back next week. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. I would say a four out of five show for me last night. Great wrestling. Stories being continued. Happy overall. I do like Dynamite Dark. What's Dynamite Dark? Oh, Dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not AEW Dark. Nikki Cashin did not save Raw last night. Oh, he's talking was... about Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was worried then because I like Bacon Rasher. I respect his opinion. And here I was thinking, ah, oh, you idiot. But no, that's good. <laughs> Mickey Cashin did not save Raw last night. Rematches, woo! Remember when NXT won Survivor Series? <laughs> well, that's only because they were still competing with AEW at the time, and they thought that they mm. might still win. Once they realized that they weren't going to win, then they stopped trying. 
Remember when, yeah, uh, hashtag Vince killed NXT, jam that jam. Anthony Velasquez, how is anyone supposed to take NXT seriously now they presented Cross with the NXT title and had him lose in three minutes? This was definitely a F you to NXT and all the work they put into the talent there. I wonder if this will have like an immediate knock-on effect for NXT's viewing figures. No, because I think the same 500,000 people are going to watch it regardless. We'll see. Matthew Robinson. Hi today, guys. How do they do it? How do they go from one of the best pay-per-views in two years to one of the most destructive Raws that I have seen? I'm seriously thinking about not watching Raw and just watching your podcast with both Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. Uh, yes, that's uh, the end of that one. Yeah, I mean, they did it with WrestleMania. Two great nights of WrestleMania overall. Terrible Raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, D- Dean Breton, company builds stars, stars leave as they get too big. Company doesn't want to build new stars, but needs stars, so uses old stars that left. When old stars can't shine, company is left with no stars. Good thing they're using NXT well then. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. What's going to happen when you can't use Goldberg and Cena anymore to pop ratings? Mike Jensen, the Nikki Cross story is everything WWE should be. She worked her butt off, came up with the idea, and they ran with an awesome story. Then they kill Killer Cross. It's almost like the writers are put on a random team, and we see if they can coexist. <laughs> uh, Matthew Robinson again. Luke, I'm going to need a big... This company. Dude, I got so many messages from people today being like, this company. From you to get through this. Did we ever make a This Company t-shirt? I think it's still on the cards. I don't think it ever. I don't Ooh. think we because we kept asking you for good uh, design ideas, and you just kept saying, "Put two thumbs onto my t-shirt with a blue circle but around it." Don't come to me for design <laughs> ideas. I don't know how more open I can be about that. You'll make fun of me for them, and I'm like, <laughs> I agree. Don't ask me for them. So I'm like, go and make them yourself. Do not sign up. Do that yourself. That's not on me. What will they do in 10 years when they no longer have legends to push? I really think you only kill both Keith and Cross in a single episode if you are trying to make a point. And Matthew Cross, sorry, Matthew Robinson again. I don't think giving Nikki Cross the title saves anything. It's just a gimmick to get Charlotte another title run to 17. This is a 0.5 out of five stars show. Only good thing is Cena, but he will be on SmackDown. And Matthew Robinson again in a different currency. <laughs> Luke, in reply to your same show, I would say that a same boring show is understandable, but this was a destructive show that shows what Vince truly thinks. I think that sums up my disagreement with your point. I, I think <clears> that is a very fair... I, I'm, I'm, thank you for that, Matthew. I think that's a very good point. Ollie. Uh, just do a f- I'll do a few more. James Hanley. Danuk did a podcast where the main topic was, should AEW stop taking shots at WWE? May I suggest this week's topic sh- should be, should WWE stop taking shots at WWE? <laughs> WWE damages itself all the time, and it does so with reckless abandonment. I just feel bad for NXT. Uh, yeah, as uh, Sean would say on his show, the butter disregard that uh, WWE showed for NXT was astounding on this episode. Dobinson family. I love having fans back. I thought Raw was actually fun. Biggest highs were Nikki and Cena for me. Lowe's, Alexa, and Eva was painful. And seeing Cross uh, sing his own lyrics on the way to the ring without Scarlett and lose to Jeff Hardy was really sad. (laughs) Ket. To say that Cross was buried last night is a stretch. But yeah, that loss doesn't do him any favours. And again, is this really surprising? They've been messing up NXT call-ups for years. 
two points there, I would say to Ket. Number one, he was buried. That was an absolute burial of the man. He lasted two minutes. Uh, formerly undefeated, he's the top champion of NXT, beaten in two minutes. Secondly, there's a big difference between bringing up, oh, I don't know, um, uh, name, name, name an NXT call-up. Bringing up Andre. No way, Jose. No, yeah, there's a big difference between bringing up No Way Jose and the NXT champion and making him look like an absolute joke. But you know, as I said, in WWE's mind, they haven't done anything wrong here because next week he just destroys Jeff Hardy and that makes the, that justifies the loss. It was his birthday, Kat. Come on. <laughs> and finally for now, Keith Below says, the only way I can explain Raw last night is with the Simpsons clip where Lisa is trying to get people to not buy the new Malibu Stacy, just replace, but she's got a new hat with look at the people that haven't been around for a while. Oh, yeah, that's a very, very good one. We actually have that. Wait, don't be fooled. She's just a regular Malibu Stacy with a stupid cheap hat. She still embodies all the awful stereotypes she did before. But she's got a new hat. I see your clip and I raise you. <laughs> Who's making the noise? Well, which, her, is it Eva? I'm, that's her acting. That that's she's the I don't know <laughs> if it's coming from her. <laughs> it's her acting because she falls over because she has to act as she falls over. Oh so, so we are please do subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Please also pull your thumb out your ass and give us a thumbs up. We'd very much appreciate it to the 2,700 of you that are watching the show. Also, there's a poll that you can vote in to let us know what you thought of the show. Currently, two out of five is leading the way with 44% of the votes. Mm, that is a runaway winner there. Uh, what a what a what a poor thing to win. Uh, also, just before we get into the full play-by-play -play review of the show, it is Fan Quizzlemania this Thursday. So Adam Blompier and Randy Andy Datsun do a Fan Quizzlemania. Well, we've we've I can't remember what the app's called, but uh, you know, we've got a private link. Everyone takes part at the same time, so you're all competing against each other. I'm going to be there too. I'm going to be playing as well, and people have to answer like. The quicker you answer, the more points you get. So, you know, it's to sort of avoid cheating. And yeah, we we crown a Quizzlemania champion. This always used to be on Parts of Unknown's Patreon, but now we've made the Super Patreon. It's over on WrestleTalk's Patreon for the first time this Thursday. So that is 12 p.m. PST, 3 p.m. EST, or 8 p.m. BST here in the UK. So go over to WrestleTalk's Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, become a pledge hammer there, and everyone that has $10 uh, gets, gets entry, and you can just show up and play the game. How fun. I, I mean, it, it, it is an awesome way. That's the thing. What I, do you know what I love about WrestleTalk's <laughs> Patreon? Is that we all love fun. And that we then just, and then everyone loves fun and everyone loves to have fun. So everyone just gets to have fun on our Patreon. You're making me hate fun, the way you talk <laughs> about fun. Okay, let's get into this 
play oh by play. We've still got so much to talk about. We've touched on a lot of it, but yeah, opens up with John Cena, who is 44 years old or 45. He is dressed like he always is because, you know, that's that's the character. His graphic when he came out said, uh, the, so the most important stat was star of Fast 9 and Suicide Squad. Um, it felt a bit like, you know, it was, he came out, he did a promo. He said, you're the reason I came back. You fans, you're amazing. Also, Roman Reigns, I'm effectively putting myself in a match with you at SummerSlam, which we all kind of figured out with the end of Money in the Bank. And then he just sort of left. I, I, you know, I've I've come to love John Cena over the years, which I never thought I'd say. I never thought I'd be excited for a Cena versus Reigns match, which I very much am. I think that's genuinely big time. But uh, I, seeing him out there like this, it made me think of DX in 2008 when they reunited. So I have come to a bit of a realization with John Cena over the last 24 hours because we, myself, Adam, Laurie and Alex came under fire from, from the live stream reactions for Money in the Bank because we didn't mark out enough for John Cena coming back. <laughs> and I was thinking about this, I was like, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I was in my 20s when John Cena was on top and I thought he was dreadful. He, when he had the Thugonomics gimmick, I thought it was crap and I wasn't watching wrestling at the time. But the one thing I did see was that and I was like, that's lame. And then I didn't like him when he was on top. 2015, completely reappraised him and I now think he's pretty darn good, actually. He's an excellent, excellent character to have on screen. But also, like, he's been gone a year. Of course he was going to come back. I'm just not that surprised about him coming back. So I was trying to think, it was like, why am I, why am I not having this same reaction that everyone else is, seemingly everyone else is? And I came to the realization, John Cena first won his title in what, 2005? Mm. So if you were six years old when John Cena won his title for the first time, you're in your early 20s now. So you're now a part of, you're, like, so it used to be the kids love John Cena and the adults hate John Cena. The kids still love John Cena. But the kids that love John Cena back in the day are now the adults of today. So now everyone just likes him. So now he can get those Austin pops because it's been so long since he's been the top guy in the company that he has completely just turned around. And now adults like him too. So I, I totally get the reaction that he's getting because he's coming out to like Austin, like it's not Austin levels, obviously, because he's not that big. But he's still getting like, he's getting the baby face pops they always wanted him to have. It just took them nearly 20 years. Hmm. They never turned him back. So that's something. Yeah, I, I definitely disliked him longer than I liked him. So that's oh, yeah. a hard thing for me to shake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Long, long time. I really hated John Cena. Like as a person, which that was on me. That was on me. I shouldn't have hated him that hard. But I was a, all, I was a yeah. deeply, deeply hateful wrestling fans, fan he did drive away a lot of fans like there's a reason why the, the you know the viewership was halved <laughs> yeah. in in sort of over the years is because he was pushed as a top guy when he shouldn't have been pushed as the top guy and it actively turned people off from watching the product what i'm um what i'm confused by as well not confused is you know we've got cena here coming back to face reigns we've got goldberg coming in to face lashley for SummerSlam, which you know is meant to be this year's wrestlemania so it makes total sense. Cena is leaving like the night of SummerSlam to go shoot his new movie schedule. Goldberg, this is his second match of the year. He's only on two matches a year for his contract. He's not sticking around. So you're like, okay, well, 
as much as I like Cena or as much as I pop for Goldberg, which I somehow still do, what what's next? Oliver because Davis, the, you would think Keith Lee and Karrion Cross could be those guys. This is like listening to CM Punk's podcast with Colt Cabana when he left WWE in 2014. Like it was, that was almost word for word what Punk kept saying was about it? like WWE. Yeah. And he was like, you know, I get beaten by the Undertaker. Cool. Where's the Undertaker? It's on Raw. He's not there, but I am. I need to have mm. something like what's next for me. You're because you're absolutely right. It's what I said earlier. It's like, what do you do when you can't bring people out for nostalgia <laughs> pops and nostalgia rate and nostalgia um, viewing figures when you don't build any new stars currently? Like you need to, you can you can do both work and both work in tandem, but they only ever focus on one of those things, which is that like bringing back older stars and putting them over and making them feel like the real big attractions. Well, we might have got a bit of a rub. Uh, Riddle came down and they said bro together a lot, him and Cena, which was cute, I guess. And then then Cena just left. It's like I am the compare. Uh, I've, got done an my, opening... I've done my duty. Yeah. I popped a rating. You're welcome. <laughs> I popped the opening quarter of this three-hour <laughs> show. You're welcome, Vince. Uh, the opening match, though, was house show fun. We got Riddle teaming with the Viking Raiders versus John Morrison, AJ Styles, and the Moss. Some cool moments. The crowd were really into it. It was just nice to see a Raw match with fans. Uh, the finish came when Riddle... Use the drip stick, our favorite weapon at the moment, talking of things for kids. He sprayed a moss in the back. A moss turns around, thinks it's the Miz, chases after the Miz, and that leaves Morrison to get pinned in the ring. Babyface's win. I loved this match and I loved the ending. I loved Riddle spraying a moss and then throwing it into the hands of the Miz. And I thought the Miz's reaction when a moss turned around was absolutely awesome. Like, no pun intended. I thought it was really, really great. Uh, and I very much enjoyed the finish. But somehow the Viking Raiders pinning John Morrison has led to them getting another tag match. Like, you lost, dude. Yeah. You lost on at the pay-per-view. So why are you getting another match for pinning Morrison? Because what other tag teams are there? That's an excellent point. What other tag teams are there? Well, oh, uh, you, Taylor, Ali and Mansoor. Well, they weren't. They weren't <laughs> by this point. I've got a theory. AJ had this really weird moment right at the start of the match. He got beaten up a bit. Went to tag in. Went to tag a Moss. Didn't and tagged in Morrison. And the Moss was like, what "The hell? Uh, are they yeah. splitting up?" I mean, well, they have been a tag team now for about a you know two months or so, so it is about time you split them up. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after that, we got Elias versus Jackson Riker in a Symphony of Destruction match. Elias, you know, I didn't realize how much I wanted to hear "Walk with Elias" from the fans. That brought me a lot of joy. And I thought, man, this guy's over. Remember that Seattle crowd with Kevin Owens where they got like five minutes of sustained heat. And then Jackson Riker cuts to his face like he's fed. This is the promo. So this is the promo right here. <laughs> and he's looking at the camera and he goes, I'm going to make it so he can't do that ever again. Everyone wants that. But he's also the heel, I guess. 
and Riker got sort of a mixed reaction. There were some boos smashing around, for apparently as well, like because when it comes out later and it sounds like that no one's reacted to whatsoever, they were muting the crowds. So they are, you know, because they, they still want the they what they like fans, but they want you to be the Thunderdome where they can control what you do. And mm. what it basically looked like is that Riker got zero reaction for this. Having said that, here is Riker's last five matches going back to uh, the start of uh, June, 7th of June. Jackson Riker beats Elias. Following week, Jackson Riker beats Elias. The following week, Jackson Riker beats Elias. The following week, Jackson Riker and our truth beat Cedric Alexander and Elias. Two weeks later, Jackson Riker beats Elias. How could anyone care about this? They're just popping for weapon spots, and that's fine and everything, but blow me sideways when i thought it was a joke i thought they were ribbing me when they had uh riker interrupt him i thought it was a joke there's no way you're doing this match for a sixth time but it's got it's got musical instruments uh brief bit on top of the piano the the cello got a pop and then they went through a table which isn't an instrument. That annoyed me a bit. Did it annoy you? But it, but it held instruments. So it's sort of an instrument of destruction. They were standing on top of a grand piano for a while. Yeah. And it just reminded me a little it. bit. Just reminded me a little oh. bit of um, Mike Graham's comments about Jeff Jarrett's Symphony of Destruction matches. Broke a thousand guitars, never drawing a <laughs> dime. I wanted Elias to go through the piano and come up and have each key as a tooth. <laughs> yeah, like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. That would have made yeah. it all worthwhile. I also thought the it wasn't actually that much of a fun weapons match. They worked hard, I guess, but like they were just throwing each other in. It wasn't like if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn did this match, it would be insane. But this was just quite a generic, uninspired match. Um, definitely not. Adam Pearce and Sonia Deville. Am I the only person who thinks they are a ridiculous act? I see so many people going, they're pretty good, actually. Or, wow, Sonia Deville is good in this role. It's a, it's a nothing role. Well, yeah, but they are pretty good at it. They're better than Kurt Angle was. But they're not good at it. They're so inconsistent. They look stupid together. Like, it's weird. To, like, who are they? What is their character? Why are they together? Who appointed them? What was the whole thing when Sonya Deville let Charlotte in the in the building? And the whole thing with the Liv Morgan stuff on SmackDown? Is she a face? Is she a heel? What's going she's, on, Luke? I, well, I know this for sure. She's not an authority figure. That I know for definite certain. <laughs> Ali and Mansoor are now a tag team. I am actually looking forward to that. Because that is a story that has been burning away in the background and hasn't yet contradicted itself. Do you know what I can't wait for? I can't wait for next week, then <laughs> to beat Lucha House Party. And then the week after that, beat the Lucha House Party again. Oh, yes. Um, Seamus came in, complained about having to fight Humberto Carrillo. That's happening again. Charlotte Flair came out, uh, did her coronation segment, did a, did a good uh, gloating promo. The crowd chant for Becky. Flair shuts them down saying she's at home breastfeeding, which is very good. Rhea Ripley then comes out to challenge her, like not selling anything, even though that was part of the... She was just looking grumpy, Ripley, uh, and said, I'll, I'll fight you tonight then. 
you know, if you can find anyone and the GMs who aren't GMs came out and said, yes, they did a huge baby face thing. Well, you will actually face Charlotte tonight. And I think the whole crowd, despite really enjoying the Money in the Bank uh, match, were just like, oh, balls. Yeah, I mean, they were, uh, like me, was like, yeah, but I saw that. I saw that already. I, I don't mm. need to see it again. Like literally 24 hours later. Um, but we did later. Uh, but in this bit, Charlotte kicked off her heel and then kicked Rhea. So it was like a flick and then a kick. That shoe could have gone anywhere. <laughs> they haven't been in front of fans for a while. They forgot what the, what it's like to have them around a ringside. You know, she probably thought it was another television monitor. Mm. I did like how Charlotte then had to sort of walk out the ring with one heel on, like she mm -hmm. was lopsided. Um, then we got Natalia and Tamina versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. No one got full entrances here, showing how much it cares. Uh, Tamina pinned Shayna with a super kick after some botched Reginald interference. Then Baszler looks like she's going to break up the act of Reginald and Nia Jax. Nia seems to side with Reg, but then headbutts him and they walk out. Do you remember when you said the first hour of the show was really good? It wasn't bad. <laughs> This is like, okay, so spoilers for the WCW Bash of the Beach 2000 Patreon review. Ollie messaged me and was like, the undercard of this show is really good. What he meant by that was the first match was really good and everything else was really bad. I'm a simple man. I see <laughs> Stacey Keebler in a wedding dress. I'm, I'm going to enjoy myself. I, and enjoy I bet it. you did. Um, and, and afterwards, the 24-7 the geeks ran down Reginald. I nearly swore myself then. F Reginald, the headbutt's supposed to be a big thing. And he just fell on his ass and was like, oh, what happened? What'd you do that for? Sell the yeah. move, you dink. <laughs> like, he just like completely no solder and then won a title. Mm. I mean, was, this was bad. Yeah, they really protect Nia usually. It would, that was a weird thing to do because I think he was told to do that because of the 24-7 title thing that came right, right after. Very odd. Yeah. Um, so Reginald is now your 24-7 champion. He did some impressive flips. You know what? Who cares? He is good yep. at flipping and escapology stuff. So it could be it could be worse. It could be our truth again. Just a, a little bit of a warning for us from producer Rich. Uh, if we badmouth WCW again, he's going to cut the feed. It's a sad company, Rich. <laughs> WCW in 2000 <laughs> is a sad, sad company. Sad company. <laughs> this is when we got the announcement that Karrion Cross is making his debut tonight. See how that goes. Sheamus took on Umberto Carrillo in a match that we were meant to have last week, which we actually did technically get. So this wasn't for the title. I made a mistake. It was a chance to beat him to get another bloody match. Um, it was pretty good, I thought. Like, Carrillo can work quite stiff, as we've seen with Sheamus's broken face. And Sheamus won with a bro kick in the end. Yeah, it was good stuff. It's just, it's hard to care about it because I've seen Sheamus beat Carrillo a lot. Mm. And, like, I, there's absolutely no way anyone was buying into Carrillo winning here. It's just there to set up Damian Priest. I stand by my choice from last week. It would have been better if Priest won the belt here. Yeah, yeah, just at least have Priest come out and do something. See how the yeah. crowd react to him. I'm genuinely curious. 
Uh, or a shocker, maybe give Damien Priest a match. Dude hasn't wrestled since The Miz. Whoa. <laughs> Let's not get out of ourselves. I actually like, I hate AR. I thought Seamus's new Fight Night Seamus stuff was really good. Dude, we said this in the Money in the Bank streams. It feels like they spent the last year making AR good because some of the ones they've got for like, I mean, the, the Roman Reigns one's still a bit pan, uh, still a bit pants, but some of them, like Alexa's one's really nice now. Some <clears> of them are actually pretty good. After that, we got Bobby Lashley come out. MVP cut a promo on how, you know, I was, su I was surprised here that they didn't get more heat. I thought the Kofi Kingston squash would just, everyone would want to boo them. Yeah, well, I mean, MVP, that's why he's done. Uh, here's something I have missed now that we're touring again. Your local sports team references. I didn't realize how much I'd missed them over the last eight. Because you can't really do that to the Thunderdome, can you? But you can do to real fans. Uh, yes, that's how MVP got some heat. And, you know, he reiterated, there's a big character change for Lashley. No more champagne, no more. So no more hurt business was the, mes the message here. None of that. He is pure almighty. This is 100% Vince's vision now. And what? So, so then he like sort of offered an open challenge. And Bobby, I don't know if you thought this. He looked so sad or like maybe overwhelmed. When Bobby had to speak, he genuinely, I thought he was going to cry. I don't know if like the, just seeing all the fans out there suddenly got to him, but he'd seen that at the pay-per-view. Did you pick hmm. up on this? I, I didn't pick up on that at all, no. I've got a picture, actually. Let me see if I can find it. You, you, you carry on talking about the great thing that happened. So what this was, so they announced earlier like that Bobby was having an open challenge, and they sort of like you know kept it a bit quiet for a little while. Everyone thought this would be where Goldberg comes down, but in actuality, it was local town boy. Well, you know, local state boy, Keith Lee. Keith Lee made his return. We haven't seen him basically since. January or February. So this was like his big return, his big thing here. And I've seen a lot of people were very much upset that that Keith Lee went in there and he got beaten up by Bobby Lashley. Had a sort of a bit of a at the start, he sort of broke out of the hurt lockup, uh, you know, and then he just got pinned. And I've seen a lot of people be like, "Wow, what a waste of Keith Lee's return! What a waste of potential! What an absolute burial of that man there!" You are all missing the big picture here. And I said this about the Kofi match. It was never about Kofi getting over. This was never about getting Keith Lee over or making Keith Lee's return. Me meanwhile, this was to make Bobby Lashley look good because he's facing Goldberg at the pay-per-view. That's why he's winning in such dominating fashion. But people aren't angry about that. Well, and P I'm just saying, people I'm, are I'm people are angry about I'm Keith losing. I know, I know, but I'm pritching, and this is what they're thinking. Because the, the commentary kept saying that it's like, man, Bobby Lashley is so dominant, but can he be dominant against someone like Keith Lee? There's no way that Ke that Bobby Lashley could be as dominant as he's been previously against Bo against Keith Lee. How dominant was Bobby Lashley against Keith Lee? That really took us by surprise. There's no one he could be this dominant against ever again. Out comes Goldberg. All of this, all the Kofi stuff, all of this Keith Lee stuff is to make Bobby look amazing because he needs to look amazing for Goldberg. That's why it doesn't matter. They don't care about Keith Lee, don't care about Kofi in the title picture. It's all about making Bobby look great for the returning Goldberg and the second match of his contract. You're totally right. And you know what? Like, that's what they should do. If you're building Goldberg versus Lashley for the title at SummerSlam, 
you put over Lashley as strong as possible. Thumbs up. Don't do it with Keith Lee on his return and his home state. So that Keith Lee didn't really get much here either. I mean, what was really depressing for me here, as soon as Keith Lee came out, I thought, crap. <laughs> because there was a little bit of me that was like, oh, God, he's answering the challenge. The Goldberg reports are a swerve. Maybe he'll do something with someone else. And Keith Lee, Lashley for the title, SummerSlam. Yes, freaking please. A lot of us were saying that's the route they should go for WrestleMania. Do you remember? Maybe mm -hmm. a triple threat or maybe just a straight one-on-one, -on -one, even though Lee wasn't involved in that storyline in any way. But him coming out here as setup fodder for Goldberg to come out afterwards, not really do anything impressive in a five-minute match. That's not his fault. That is the way the match was laid out. And for commentary, particularly Corey Graves, to criticize Keith Lee quite a lot, saying he looks slow sometimes, that's Vince. That's mm -hmm. Vince coming through. And Dave Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer, him and Brian Alvarez were chatting. They were like, it looks like they're annoyed at him for getting hurt or whatever it was that has kept Keith Lee out for this amount of time. And it's that just would, like, yeah, why be why be excited for Keith Lee? Because this is this is where he is now. That's not going to yeah. change. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no there's nothing for him. We had we got his three week push last year. I hope you enjoyed it. That's what we got. Um, I've got that picture of Bobby, by the way, if you want to see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for podcast listeners, Ollie just loaded in a picture of Jackson <clears throat> Ryder looking very angry directly into the camera. He is right up in there, isn't he? Uh, well, he's intense, isn't he? That's his gimmick. It's yeah. all in his eyes. He's seeing some things. I do actually have them. <laughs> oh, we're back. We're back. We're back to Riker's face. I thought it would come back to us. I do actually, <laughs> no. actually have them though. Look, here is that's when he turned. See, see, see the little bit of sadness. Do you know what that is? And that look, look at that. That it's is a bit sad there as well. That is the what look about of here? a man. <laughs> that is the look of a man who has just realised. I'm just about to bury this poor guy because yeah. i've got to put over because we've got to make goldberg look good yeah yeah so no good i mean it's such classic wwe keith lee's coming back it's his return match it's in his home freaking state well that's, that's but bear in mind that's why it was keith lee because keith lee gets the home state pop so that bobby gets the heat when he beats him it's all by design like no, no one could have gone into this thinking this was going to be there for Bobby for make Keith Lee look good. It never was. Goldberg came out afterwards, said, I'm next. He was wearing a T-shirt. So presumably Vince is unhappy with his body as well. You excited for Goldberg Lashley? Because no, I am. no, of not? course I'm bloody not. Of course I'm not, you dink. Because I've already seen Goldberg have a, like a WWE Championship match earlier this year. Like, why? Why is he getting a shot? Of course I'm not excited. Do you know what have been a better use for him? The Dolph Ziggler spot he had at SummerSlam a couple of years ago. Yes. That, that's a great use of Goldberg. This ain't it. How about <laughs> this guy? Want to take out this guy? Goldberg versus Riker. And I'll put butts in seats. On a Saturday, 22nd of August. Why did you take it off the screen? <laughs> you can't, you can't deny.
the number one baby face in the entire company. This guy right here is so good, he's getting pushed harder than Karrion Cross and Keith Lee on his main roster debut and main roster return. He is the future of WWE, Jackson Riker. I'm putting I'm putting it out there now. And what's great about him, there's nothing controversial about the guy. It is a blank freaking slate, that guy, and you can just get behind him. Yep. I'm sure it will really work out for him. What what, what a hero. Jinder Mahal came out for a uh, promo with, uh, I don't know. I know Shanky's name. Who's the other one? Beer. Beer and Shanky. As I said the other week, they are wish versions of the Bollywood boys. (laughs) They even started to do like, because it's Jinder's legit birthday, like Carrion Cross's. And he he got uh, Shanky to start singing Happy Birthday. Yeah, to Maharaja. And I thought this is such a Bollywood boys thing. Honestly, when Jinder was standing there, flanked by two guys, like it's like watching 2018 all over again. Because I've got I've traveled back in time. But like crazily, it made me a bit nostalgic for 2018. <laughs> but 2017, is, I think it might have been actually. Well, whenever yeah. it was. That's madness because I hated that. I don't know if I I don't hate this more because of course you had all the Nakamura stuff, but you know, Drew came in, he he hit them with a chair, he, he got shanky with the chair, he hit him with uh, a chair so much the chair got mangled, crowd chanting one more time. I don't know if this was planned, but Drew was like, all right. Went and got another chair, hit him a butt like 10 more times. I think it was like 30, 35 times in total. Apparently, shanky got a, a busted open back of the head, so maybe not a good idea. Mick Foley criticized this spot on Ooh. Twitter. Yeah. Um, you know, as a, as a man who has had many chair shots in sequence on him, of course, famously with The Rock. But yeah, the Drew is trying his hardest. I am not into this feud. No, neither, neither am I. And I, do you know I'm also not into Kevin Dunn's camera work and direction because I don't know how many chair shots there were. I genuinely couldn't watch this. And that is not me over-exaggerating. That is not hyperbole. I had to look away from the screen because it was just awful. It was gross to watch. It's, it's Yeah, it's just the worst. So well, then came Hardy versus Cross, which we've spoken about a lot, but we haven't actually spoken about one of the main takeaways everyone seems to have from this show. Oh, my God, Jeff Hardy's new, old music is back. Dude, I said I told you earlier, six-year-olds are now adults. So now <laughs> the kids who were nostalgic, like who were kids in 2008, are now adults and are excited for the music coming back. That's all I've seen. Like ever because Jeff Hardy like did an interview where he said, I part of my contract, like with re-signing WWE, is I got my old song back. And everyone was like, That's it. That's the key to the secret. And I'm like, it's not gonna change anything. It's still Jeff Hardy. He's still not gonna be, he's not gonna be WWE champion again. But the kids from 2008 are now adults now, so they're nostalgic for that song in the same way that you and I were nostalgic for the Hardy Boys entrance music. Because that's our entrance music for Hardy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other generation, it's no more words. So, of course, it's a massive pop for them. But for, for that to be your main takeaway from this show. <laughs> I mean, I'd it was say, 13 say, years ago. Like, top, top comment on Reddit, top comment on a bunch of YouTube things, a load of the top comments on the WrestleTalk News video earlier. 
can't believe they brought no more words back. What a treat. Like, they Dude. just buried an entire company they own. It's the same with um, what was Drew McIntyre's song? They're the same. It's the same people who were kids then. Just like, <laughs> oh, Drew can't get over until he's got back that music because that's the music from my childhood. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that's stopping it. And finally, to sort of uh, as the crappy cherry on top of this crap witch, because we've already talked about the main event and the cash in, was Alexa Bliss's playground segment. Eve Marie and Dewdrop came in, interrupted. I don't, I, I don't know what happened. Bliss was still being friendly with Dewdrop despite Dewdrop beating her up just last week. And then Eva Marie was like, this is stupid. The, oh, Lily's back. That was the main thing. This is stupid. That's a stupid, dull, terrible acting. And then... Good God almighty, she's broken in half. She tripped over nothing on the way out of shot. The idea being Lily made something spooky, spooky happen. Yeah. But I keep getting told by people that she's not really magic. Like she, there are there are rules to her magic. So it all makes sense really when you think about it. I wrote out my notes here. Eva is the worst actor on the planet. The segment is awful. I think Eva's having a match with Alexa. Don't care. I think that well, would be Dewdrop. It'll be Dewdrop, surely. Well, Marie I would imagine wrestle. that like they'll announce Alexa versus Eva is going to happen mm. on the show, and then Eva will come out and be like, actually, it is going to be my protege, Dewdrop. And then Dewdrop's going to do the match instead. Maybe Eva and Dewdrop versus Bliss and Lily. I still think that Alexa should win the tag straps with the doll. I think it's much better than Natty and Tamina having it. Because then uh, Eva Marie can have a match against a, a puppet. Yeah, I think I think she might be out wrestled. I think you'll <laughs> wrestle rings around her. I think she might be. Hey, guys, she's been training. She's been training hard to get good. Um, right. Well, that's it. Then it was the the main event. So my summary takeaway from this was incredibly newsworthy show. They'd done a lot of surprises, returns, angles. However, the bad far outweighs the good. Yeah, uh, I mean, the poll came in 45%. thought it was a two out of five show. Uh, turns out you can only have four options. So I don't know how many people would have voted <laughs> to be a one out of five show. I'll go back to using the community tab next week. This was a one week experiment, I think. Uh, but yeah, 45% thought it was a bad show. I agree. This, was a, this, was, this wasn't a good episode of Raw. Much like it yeah. has, like, much like the rest of this year, it was not a good episode. Uh, apparently there's 3,000 of you watching right now, which is loads for a raw review. If you are new, please do uh, give us a subscribe because we do 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 do. We do podcasts all the time. And also, hey, go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk and sign up there because this Thursday it's fan quizzle mania where all of you can compete against each other and me in a sort of app version of Quizzle Mania, run by and hosted by Adam Blompier and Andy Datsun. Uh, yeah, it'll be really fun. 8 p.m. BST, 3 p.m. EST, 12 p.m. PST this Thursday. But you've got to go over to Patreon, Restorts Patreon. This is the first one we're doing there because it used to be on PFK. And also, you can get Patreon shout-outs on this very show with a wrestling name, 
thank you to our $25 a month or more backers, Yo, Adrian, Rocky, The Pim Particle, Terry Hankamer, Jonathan, The Headmaster Headman, Probably Better Than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. This is some kind of Patreon shout out. Nate drops surname. The Venerable Jesse Venable. Osmosis Jones's cousin, Rodarius Jones. Living in the past, Kieran Pryor. Viennes El Decimolietosio, Jason Redes. The Batsman, Nathan Batty. The Pharaoh, Stephen Mazzaferro. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class on the July 20th, 2021, Manipulating Manny Umaria. Thank you, everybody, ever so much. Also, get your ultra chats into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. That's, That's it. correct, yeah. I've lost my That's brain. We have so many chats. Dear God, let's start these off. <clears throat> oh my god. Dekarai Garman. It was, it was, it was, it's a newsworthy roar. Dekarai Garman. Honestly, this roar truly showed why I don't watch NXT and almost stopped watching wrestling altogether in 2018. The indies and impact really saved wrestling for me. It breaks my heart when my fave indie stars are taken in by WWE on to become fodder eight out of ten of the times. Interesting you say impact rather than AEW there. Nice to see them yeah. get some love. There was also like a moment there when he's like, I stopped watching altogether. It just reminded me then of when there were people in sort of like 2017 or so, which he was telling me, oh man, it's going to be so good for the uh, UK indie scene when NXT UK starts. It's going to prosper with that coming in. Eternal Blue. I'm sure others have said it, but the reason WWE had to bring in Cena and Goldberg is because of what they just did to Cross and Lee. Two out of five, no more words, gives it an extra half star if what SRS reports is true and Vince is doing this to himself. HCB. Hi, guys. I think to explain my main issue with WWE, <coughs> mainly Raw, oh. <coughs> I'll use Luke's, Luke's science. People that wrestled in WWE before 2010 were in 8 out of 12 segments, 5 out of 7 matches, and 1 4 out of 5. Some good moments, but so frustrating with Lee and Cross, both can be in the main event. Oh, I see. So wrestlers that were or yeah. at least almost uh, over a decade old, yeah. Blind Raw, Vince makes billion, Hunter draws dimes. That's why Karrion Cross jobs on Vince's time. Though I will point out that Cross will be fine, NXT will be fine in the long run too, but it makes NXT look so rubbish that they rub in that nothing matters in WWE. I don't know. I don't know if it will be fine. You must I, say I, Network I mean, can't be happy. No, I mean, but I think that 500,000 people will always watch that show, clearly. like, And it's the same way, you know, when Impact was on Spike, no matter how bad that product got, one million people kept tuning in to watch <clears> it until something else was on. Will Campbell, while there were good moments, Nicky's cash and included, it seems that Vince is telling his son-in-law to stick his black and yellow brand where the sun don't shine. Such an absolute shameless burial of NXT. William Rosmer, Vince, probably. Karrion Cross is NXT champion. That'll put butts in seats. Uh, Jared McCullough. Hey guys, I decided to watch Raw last night thinking live fans would make a difference and boy was I wrong. Also the Hardy Cross segment. 
uh, was the perfect distillation of WWE's vicious cycle of building up some goodwill only to immediately squander it. Gatecrasher forever. I never want to hear that NXT is the third brand again. Vince treats NXT like he treated OVW, changing gimmicks and jobbing call-ups out, yet forgets NXT is on the same national cable network as Raw, or as OVW was just a local TV show. It's a very good comparison. Peter Mullins. I heard the phrase sending a message from a few sources, but that message from us fans' side is Impact are out here successfully promoting their partnership shows in AAA, AEW and New Japan, while WWE can't even promote their own brand. It's pathetic booking. Natess, I'm pretty sure there hasn't been another reigning NXT champ show up on the main roster with the physical belt before. They had crossed with it just to have him lose his first loss ever in WWE, Luke. This company, Kevin Owens had the belt. Kevin Owens had the. Did NXT he have the belt with him? He had the yeah. He had the NXT Championship when he came up. Okay. Yeah, because he held it up, didn't he? Yeah. Did he stamp on the US title while yes. holding it up? Yes. Joe strikes. Hardcore WWE viewers slash AEW haters still don't watch NXT. A loss to Jeff Hardy is more of what Vince saw on tryout than what he thinks of NXT. I still believe Joe will murder Cross and Vacant will win another championship. Cool. Sure, that'll make everyone look great. Well, that's it's like you do that finish to protect Cross's undefeated streak. Uh, uh, yes, to have but, him vacate I mean, it. but they'll go into NXT the and they'll same. still say that, it, but they can just say on NXT he's undefeated on NXT. Like that's Nathaniel what you've got to do. One, one line of dialogue fixes that. He's undefeated in NXT. No one has beaten him on NXT. So it makes sense. It's the longest running episodic weekly television to air on Monday nights. That's not the news. Things like that is how you get out of this. You are making me dumb. <laughs> Nathaniel Davies. Carrying Cross is a great example of why I can't get invested in any WWE product right now. The way the main roster actively derails talent makes it impossible for me to care about the wrestlers in NXT because their legacy is immediately tarnished. Wayne Proctor shows the difference between AEW to WWE. WWE beat New Blood Keith while building on Goldberg, beat other way round in AEW, AEW with a build to Keith Lee, which you can see with Christian Cage and Jungle Boy, for instance. Uh, Damar Derozan. Is NXT now non-canon? NXT and NXT UK champions have now gotten embarrassed on the main roster, Cross tonight and Volta at Survivor Series 2019, lest we forget. WWE took away his wife, his entrance, and didn't even give him the Jackson Riker treatment of piping in noise. That was the one thing we didn't talk about. He came out to absolute crickets and then wrestled to crickets. Yeah. Sad. Really died. Um, only popped when Jeff Hardy made his comeback. But I, I, I'm going to put a stop to everyone, these conspiracy theories that my boy Riker was getting <laughs> getting piped in cheers. That is 100% organic, blue-eyed, baby face, fresh meat reaction. <laughs> I was just waiting for Luke to click it up so I could click it back up. <laughs> Matt Hennessy. To be honest, I'm not a Cross fan. I am a Jeff fan and NXT fan. Since the draft last year, jo Jeff has lost at Miz, Jomo, Riker, my man, Sheamus, Ricochet, Ali and Styles and Raw, a main event. By beating Cross like this, you're telling me as a viewer, NXT doesn't matter and you are burying it. Can I, be Pritchard? Can, I, can I be Pritchard here? He cheated to win. 
He, well, he didn't bury Cross. Jeff Hardy had to cheat to beat him. It was the only way that he could win. That doesn't bury him. That's just dirt sheet writers. That's just da F Dave Meltzer. That's my, I haven't listened to a Pritchard show in about five years. I'm assuming that's still what happens, though. The uh, Prince of Strong Style. The Carrion Burial shows why I'm always so worried about call-ups from my favourite show, NXT. I'm concerned this is going to happen soon with Tegan, Shotzi and Tony Storm as Raw and SmackDown writers have no idea how you can use NXT people properly. I think they do. It's just the guy at the top doesn't let them. Alpaca Nation 87. Alpaca Nation 87. Well, no NXT is done when Vince makes himself the champ of it and starts wearing bandanas. Happy birthday, Karrion Cross! Vince got you a show. Oh my God. That is how you get this. That's how you save NXT at this point. Vince becomes the NXT champion. I love that. Or surely like Triple H becomes the champion. No, because people like Mr. Triple H. Hunter. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I'll just do a few more and hot tag over to you. Matt Hennessy, if Jeff was being pushed like McIntyre and Lashley, I would not have a problem with it. But a guy who has been jobbed out since last year's draft just defeated your third brand undefeated world champion. Have a good day, lads. Happy to support the channel. Thank you very much, Matt. Uh, Sid Hesh Mijanka says, Cross should have lost the NXT title to Gargano last week. Joe could have cost him the title. At least his, his loss to Hardy wouldn't have buried the entire NXT brand as Cross wouldn't have been champion. God, I hate Vince. They didn't know this was happening last week. No, absolutely That's not. six and days also, ago. And I still think that, I, I still think it would have been a, pro it would have been a problem if, if Cross had lost. Lost. Mm -hmm. Prince of Strong Style again. Shotzi, Tegan, Carrion, and Tony, in my opinion, have stuff they can do in NXT. Tegan, for example, in a blood feud with Candice. And I'd rather every NXT wrestler stays instead of being sent to Raw or SmackDown and get ruined. I watch NXTs only. I avoid this crap. Liked Patterson. Also, whenever someone in NXT hears that Vince took a liking to them, must honestly S-word a brick, because that's usually 99.9% .9 of the time a kiss of death because all that means is welcome to the main roster. Here is your grave. Enjoy. Some people are just happy to be there. Uh, that That's right, everyone. That was five pages there of chats just about this carrying cross thing. Uh, I'll <coughs> hot tag to talk about Nikki A.S.H. And Dahlia1998 says, Is Charlotte Flair officially the Money in the Bank cash-in queen since she's been cashed in on three times? Carmella, Bailey, now Nikki. So, I mean, Charlotte has been champion, like, you know, Every month, basically, she's been on the main roster. So that would make sense. Matthew Robertson uh, said, Luke, she will lose the title on one of the next two Raws. It's a terrible moment. Uh, character is good and loved the ladder match, but her win, uh, not last night's win. And you're right, she needs to grow the courage to cash it in. Tom Daniels, hi, guys, watching on delay. Sorry if this point has come up. Feels like there's a lot of Nikki deserves it. Do you feel that this highlights that people don't like the gimmick? Same way people said that Miz deserved the title. Just a thought, jam that jam. Totally agree. Um, that's certainly my case. I'm not into the character, but, but I, I like, like that she's got it. Yeah. Tails P, since Nikki is now champion, do you think Becky will come back with a 2K20 heel faction of Seamus, Dunn, Finn, and since Drew is a face, only Lorcan? I think that would be pretty silly because Becky doesn't need <laughs> a load of lads behind her. I also don't think that Becky's coming back anytime soon. That's my It answer. didn't feel like it, did it? I don't think she's coming back anytime soon. Mm. I think this is like this has been happening all year long. Oh, she's definitely coming back for the Rumble. She's definitely coming back for WrestleMania. She's definitely coming back for SummerSlam. I don't think she's coming back anytime soon. I'll tell Louis to stop sending us those texts. <laughs>
I think if she does, surely she goes to SmackDown to be with Seth. Yeah, maybe, you'd think. Uh, Nate S. uh, Guys, you're missing the subtleties of the real main event of SummerSlam. It's clearly going to be Cena versus Orton (laughs) for the custody of Matt Riddle. They're putting Riddle high up in a shark cage. I've seen this joke a few times, and I'm not even finding it funny. Because I never (laughs) want to see Cena versus Orton ever again. But here's the thing is that those kids who loved that in 2008 will now be nostalgic for it when they get it in 2021. (sighs) Mr. CJ Lilly. Hi, guys. As you know, big fan of Alexa. So I want this Eva thing done quickly. And the only way a match between Alexa and Eva should be Alexa wins a squash match like Bobby and Kofi, then move on to Nikki. As as that could be fun with their history and Nikki wants it. I think Alexa, I'll be honest, I think Alexa versus Eva is a bigger matchup than Alexa versus Nikki currently. Tyrone Kid, hey guys, Raw was sneaky this week. Really good beginning, really good ending. Nothing really good in the middle. Welcome back to the post-pandemic Raw. Also, I personally think Ollie's commentary at the pay-per-view was some of his best work. Jam that jam. Thank you. I really enjoyed the show, guys. Really fun. Tails P, uh, anyone remember when Keith Lee and Bubbles fought for the US Championship and MVP had to save him? No? All right, then. Van Twinblade, I actually forgot about that. Van Twinblade, why does anyone not get paid to sit... Why does anyone not get paid to sit through Vince's personal wank fest? Um, Andrew, the last airbender. This show was a bad trip. Speaking of bad trips, segue. The rest of my shop order came through the post uh, and the post office destroyed it. Then to repackage my order, tore my Almanac volume two and forgot to put volume one back in. Your NXT, the post is the main roster. Oh, sorry about that, Andrew. Um, yeah. Obviously, I yeah, get in touch with the customer support people but that is that's an order from wrestleshop.com where you can get all your wrestle talk merchandise like the copy of the wrestle magazine see that kenny omega is the cover star that's because your boy wrote a big old four-page article on the rise of kenny omega and it's wonderful the second part is coming out next month i also write about uh 90s tv show games master william Haight, um or heights maybe you sure jeff got his old music back but what about his dog what about my dog jeff <laughs> james hanley in the jonathan frakes voice have you ever been tripped up by a doll that didn't have hands should we ask should we ask eva <laughs> You when guys I found... just see that? <laughs> I reacted better to that than I could. Um, Fino said, I must admit, I audibly yelled out when Keith Lee came back. It sucks that he just had to lose, uh, but at least he's on TV. Wish they'd held off on the cash-in, but that's okay. Goldberg's back. <clears throat> eh, older co-worker was super hyped for it, though, so it works, right? Look, I, my co-worker is also super hyped about his return and match against Bubbles at the pay-per-view. So, yeah, I guess it does work. Me and Laurie. Me and Laurie are <laughs> the only people who actually still love Goldberg. Uh, Tails, Pete, they should just make the 24-7 title the television title. I don't think that would make any difference no, 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 whatsoever. No, no. No, that's not, that's not the word for television title. Bacon Rasher, hey again, lads. After seeing what happened this morning on Raw, I didn't think I could be more wound up with Vincent Creative. You have taken my annoyance up a level. Bad Raw, and it will continue, especially if this is the big Raw return show with fans. Jam that jam. Um, Pointless AF says, am I the only one who gets annoyed at Adam and Sonya? All wrestlers need to do is say, I want a rematch. And they're like, okay, what's happened to number one contender matches outside of pay-per-views? They're terrible. 
I know, they're terrible in kayfabe and they're terrible characters. Eric Metzloff, it feels like Goldberg Magic died and I don't know how this company can bring it back. Maybe a tag title with another star, sort of like Hogan and Edge. Also for consistency with the rest of my ultra chats, Knox for champ, Tegan all belts. I wouldn't, who would you put Goldberg in a tag team with? Sunberg. Riddle? Oh. <laughs> Sunberg. Sunberg's good. Yeah, or Riddle's a great answer. That would be amazing. Harrison Earl, can we stop bringing Goldberg back to lose? I get the legend should put over the new crop of talent, but not with Goldberg. He wins. That's what makes him special. Put him against the Miz and Morrison, have him batter them. On Goldberg versus Morrison, that I would Perfect. be into. Yeah. Stephen Merkt says, Raw was so boring. I don't even think I can watch it any longer. It just makes me sad. So where is Tony Storm? Wasn't she caught up? Yes, yeah, she's on SmackDown. Uh, Nikki is a transitional champ, right? Uh, what heel takes it off of her? Charlotte Flair. Brett J. Rasmussen, this episode proves the newsworthy episodes don't mean it's a good episode. At first, I thought Raw was great because of Nikki winning the belt and Cena. And I took a step back and saw that they ruined NXT in a ton of rematches. It made the show bad. Do you want me to hot tag back to you? Eternal Blue, second quick chat. Went to WWE's YouTube channel to see what the views and like ratios are. Goldberg's video was by far the most disliked video. People are done with Big Bill. Turns out he really isn't actually good. Subscribe to Parts of Unknown. Heart emoji. Thank you. Uh, Hayden Griffin. Hi, guys. If you were to book Bobby Lashley's title run going towards WrestleMania, do you, do you think, if you were to, do you think he will be the person to dethrone Roman? No, not at all. Um, no. I don't know who is. The Rock. <clears throat> Rock's not winning it from him. Rock will endorse him, I think. Uh, Alpaca Nation 87. Cena might be leaving right after to film his movie, but he only needs one more title win to beat Flair's record. That's a scary friggin' thought. Um, no, Charlotte's like four behind him. What other Flairs yeah. are there? She'll be the first person to beat his record. Um, I, yeah, I don't think... It, hopefully they play on that. I think that'll be a huge part of the story. Blight Patterson. I have an honest question. Why would any of the indie stars or wrestlers in other companies see how WWE books their talent and honestly wants to go for it? Uh, I get money as a factor, but is the money really worth it? They're, they're, they're marks. You could be There's the no other. The, yeah. You could you could be the person that breaks the cycle because you know for every No Way Jose, Alistair Black, Andrade, the list goes on and on and on. There's a Seth Rollins who's still there and he's still a top guy. There's always that one that gets there. You could be that other one. Yeah, geez, I, I was struggling. I was like, the Bray Wyatt? No. I mean, Seth and Roman are almost FCW. Marjo32, 2008, I'm about to graduate from high school. Life is ahead of me. I'm fading away from wrestling because arguably the product was poor. Little did I know, WWE peaked for some people. Like life, WWE was a lot worse than I expected. <laughs> jeez, it's a bit I existential. Mean, it, it is a little <laughs> bit, isn't it? Um, New Punk Rants. Monday Night Dark Elevation was great. Jungle Boy had such a huge pop. So glad we have a good wrestling show on Mondays. Also, RIP NXT. Sucks that their champion was buried like that. Anyway, can't wait for Dark and Dynamite. Have fun reviewing Nitro. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll hot tag back to you. Just for our last few. Um, Blast, uh, Blake Patson said, on a brighter note, at least we have Luke with the jam in the jar bringing it home. Uh, Luke, I'm enjoying the Rust Talk story going on right now. You guys outside of AEW and other promotions make me love wrestling. I am your jam in the jar winner. I do have it. Long Pete asked me this morning, he asked me, when are you going to jam it in? I said, I ain't, I ain't telling you. So the last person I'm going to tell. Uh, you and, and MP. 
No, I'm not. Ge- we're not being co-hosted because because I because I had Nikki Ash for the ASH for the uh, women's one. Luke said he's going to share it with me. No, I did. And we're going to cash it I in said. together. Ewan said, "Hi, love all the content uh, throughout the pandemic. First time in four years, I stayed up to watch Raw live, and I fell asleep before Elias came out. With the restrictions ending, will the podcast happen in person again, or is it just going to stay like this?" Um, that's what we're working towards, but um, I'm not. T- neither of us are double vaxxed yet. No, not until like Saturday, that to first. Yeah, yeah. I saw someone in the chat actually was very upset with us because Freedom Day was yesterday, and we're still not in the office together. Uh, Freedom Day is honestly when I hear people say Freedom Day, it makes me feel a little bit sick in my <laughs> It's solved. There's yeah, no we, problem it's, anymore. It's over. We we only had like yeah. the most cases ever yesterday. It's fine. It's over now. Go it's tonight, definitely man. not going to spiral out of control ever <laughs> again. Matt, I give it 10 weeks. Manny Omega, I just want to say uh, I made my own crypto token called Juniper, uh, Jupiter Pup. Cheap plug. Jam that jam. Uh, guys, and yeet or be yeeted. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, right. Charles Berg has got a claw review for us. Uh, this Thank is you. Mama. This is Mama, a stray Coleco. <laughs> the matriarch of my kitty cat crew gave birth to Puppy and Fred. She will pretend that she likes to hate, uh, she hates being petted, but when she's alone, she becomes a snuggle bug. <laughs> 11 out of 10 nicknames Mama Pajama, Mama Meatballs, Jam That Jam. Look at that little kitty cat that's there. Look at that furry face. He's a grumpy, he's a grumpy <laughs> calico, Mama Pajama. There's, there's genuinely a cat. Ah, that's um, a good coat. That's the final claw review. But since Raw is still a bad show, even when it's good, we know that it's still not a good wrestling show. So poor review will return later next week. I have many more happy dogs to make it feel better. Can I get some woofs? Woof, 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 woof. Oh, God. What a draining episode to review. Thank you, everybody, though, for... um. You did so many Ultra Chats there. That really does help us out. And please, the other thing that can help us out that costs you nothing is to just hit the subscribe button. We're getting pretty close to 50,000 subscribers now, which will be a nice little milestone to pass. And what's coming up this week, Luke? Oh, this week, we have got the NXT review tomorrow with Lost Intangibles, Pete and Tempest. And then on Thursday, Luke Luke and Ollie, myself and Ollie, will be reviewing AEW Dynamite. And then on Friday, it's myself and Denise Alcedo with a special guest for the Friday Magazine show. Pete and Tempest back on Saturday with the SmackDown review, which I'm reliably informed is a better show. And yeah, I'm sure NXT will be fun to review tonight. Should we just like bomb their their <laughs> broadcast? Be like, NXT sucks. You lost on the main roster. Oh man. I mean, I, it's, I'm actually so intrigued to see if they mention it. Like if they if they just, bring it up yeah. at all. Uh, I might just keep on like joining the back end. I'm flashing up a rifle. <laughs> oh no, the best thing to do. The best thing to do because it really, really winds Tempest up is go in there and talk about how much you love uh, Dexter Loomis and the Indy Hartwell <laughs> story. Just type in index, index for life, and Tempest really enjoys that. Uh, we've got to get this through fairly quickly, but we actually don't have any other emails about breakfast. I thought we might. What? Do. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, it's coming. Don't worry. I will send you in a few five-star reviews of a certain breakfast brand that wants to <laughs> sponsor the Wrestle Talk News. Boy, are they tasty and crucially healthy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've had two boxes already. I had two boxes, and I was away. I was away for the weekend, 
So that's really yeah. Thursday, Friday morning, and Monday. I've had two. And you've boxes. had two boxes. Are you eating it like twice a day? I am having half box portions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's probably sort of counter to what it's meant to be, right? Yeah, but you know, you adapt, you you tweak things for yourself. <laughs> you learn. What you're doing is you're training your body to burn mm. all the stuff off. So it's actually like you're training your body to be better than it is. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. So I, I, I don't want to distract you from the emails, if there's any other emails. Well, we, have, we do we have to go. It would be nice to start this raw podcast on time, the live part, because... There's so much to talk about, which we already have just spoken about, folks, I know. Yeah, I mean, we do have another email from the Ghost That Haunts Wrestle Talk <laughs> about getting it wrong, but we haven't really got time to go into that because we spoke oh, too long. much about your hippie commune and tits roaming free and whatnot, and like willies waving in your face. Because that's what they're really doing when you've got the, the weighted eye mask on. It's just you're being teabagged over the top of you. Uh, both was that what it female. was? <laughs> they said open your mouth to receive the love of god and i just <laughs> i didn't know it was a testicle but now you mention well, it <laughs> salty let's uh wrap this up here um thank you all so much for listening it's an absolute pleasure to podcast for you every single day basically uh we'll be back tomorrow with the nxt review by pete and tempest and then ollie and i will be doing aew a show i actually enjoy uh, and then the friday <laughs> show with me and denise and a special guest uh take care everyone i do love you goodbye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 